Bible in a Year, week 18. We begin at day 120 and we continue through 2 Samuel, beginning today at 2 Samuel 12, verse 26. Joab fought against Rabbah of the Ammonites and captured the royal fortress. Then Joab sent messengers to David to say, I have fought against Rabbah and have also captured the water supply. Now therefore assemble the rest of the troops, lay siege to the city and capture it. Otherwise I will be the one to capture the city and it will be named after me. So David assembled all the troops and went to Rabbah. He fought against it and captured it. He took the crown from the head of their king and it was placed on David's head. The crown weighed 75 pounds of gold and it had a precious stone on it. In addition, David took away a large quantity of plunder from the city. He removed the people who were in the city and put them to work with saws, iron picks and iron axes and to labour at brick making. He did the same to all the Ammonite cities. Then he and all his troops returned to Jerusalem. And the same in First Chronicles 20 verse 1 to 3. In the spring when kings marched out to war, Joab led the army and destroyed the Ammonites' land. Am- Ammonites' land. He came to Rabbah and besieged it, but David remained in Jerusalem. Joab attacked Rabbah and demolished it. Then David took the crown from the head of their king and it was placed on David's head. He discovered the crown weighed 75 pounds of gold and there was a precious stone in it. In addition, David took away a large quantity of plunder from the city. He brought out the people who were in it and put them to work with saws, iron picks and axes. David did the same to all the Ammonite cities. Then he and his troops returned to Jerusalem. And then we read Psalm 21 verse 1 to 13. Lord, the king finds joy in your strength. How greatly he rejoices in your victory. You have given him his heart's desire and have not denied the request of his lips. For you meet him with rich blessings. You place a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked you for life and you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. His glory is great through your victory. You confer majesty and splendor on him. You give him blessings forever. You cheer him with joy in your presence. For the king relies on the Lord. Through the faithful love of the Most High he is not shaken. Your hand will capture all your enemies. Your right hand will seize those who hate you. You will make them burn like a fiery furnace when you appear. The Lord will engulf them in his wrath and fire will devour them. You will wipe their descendants from the earth and their offspring from the human race. Though they intend to harm you and devise a wicked plan, they will not prevail. Instead, you will put them to flight when you aim your bow at their faces. Be exalted, Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your might. Then we read 2 Samuel chapter 13 verse 1 through to 2 Samuel chapter 14 verse 33. So that is the rest of today in 2 Samuel 13 and 14. Some time passed, David's son Absalom had a beautiful sister named Tamar and David's son Amnon was infatuated with her. Amnon was frustrated to the point of making himself sick over his sister Tamar because she was a virgin but it seemed impossible to do anything to her. Amnon had a friend named Jonadab, a son of David's brother Shemaiah. Jonadab was a very shrewd man and he asked Amnon, Why are you, the king's son, so miserable every morning? Won't you tell me? Amnon replied, I'm in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Jonadab said to him, Lie down on your bed and pretend you're sick. When your father comes to see you, say to him, Please let my sister Tamar come and give me something to eat. Let her prepare food in my presence so I can watch and eat from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be sick. 
When the king came to see him, Amnon said to him, Please let my sister Tamar come and make a couple of cakes in my presence so I can eat from her hand. David sent word to Tamar at the palace, Please go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare a meal for him. Then Tamar went to his house while Amnon was lying down. She took dough, kneaded it, made cakes in his presence and baked them. She brought the pan and set it down in front of him, but he refused to eat. Amnon said, Everyone leave me. And everyone left him. Bring the meal to the bedroom, Amnon told Tamar, so I can eat from your hand. Tamar took the cake she had made and went to her brother Amnon's bedroom. When she brought them to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, Come, sleep with me, my sister. Don't, my brother, she cried, don't humiliate me, for such a thing should never be done in Israel. Don't do this horrible thing. Where could I ever go with my disgrace? And you, you'd be like one of the immoral men in Israel. Please speak to the king, for he won't keep me from you. But he refused to listen to her, and because he was stronger than she was, he raped her. After this, Amnon hated Tamar with such intensity that the hatred he hated her with was greater than the love he had loved her with. Get out of here, he said. No, she cried, sending me away is much worse than the great wrong you've already done to me. But he refused to listen to her. Instead, he called to the servant who waited on them. Throw this woman out and bolt the door behind her. Amnon's servant threw her out and bolted the door behind her. Now Tamar was wearing a long-sleeved garment because this is what the king's virgin daughters wore. Tamar put ashes on her head and tore the long-sleeved garment she was wearing. She put her hand on her head and went away weeping. Her brother Absalom said to her, Has your brother Amnon been with you? Be quiet for now, my sister. He is your brother. Don't take this thing to heart. So Tamar lived as a desolate woman in the house of her brother Absalom. When King David heard about all these things, he was furious. Absalom didn't say anything to Amnon, either good or bad, because he hated Amnon since he disgraced his sister Tamar. Two years later, Absalom's sheep shearers were at Baal Hazor near Ephraim, and Absalom invited all the king's sons. Then he went to the king and said, Your servant has just hired sheep shearers. Will the king and his servants please come with your servant? The king replied to Absalom, No, my son, we should not all go or we would be a burden to you. Although Absalom urged him, he wasn't willing to go, though he did bless him. If not, Absalom said, please let my brother Amnon go with us. The king asked him, why should he go with you? But Absalom urged him, so he sent Amnon and all the king's sons. Now Absalom commanded his young men, watch Amnon until he is in a good mood from the wine. When I order you to strike Amnon, then kill him. Don't be afraid. Am I not the one who has commanded you? Be strong and courageous. So Absalom's young men did to Amnon just as Absalom had commanded. Then all the rest of the king's sons got up and each fled on his mule. While they were on the way, a report reached David. Absalom struck down all the king's sons. Not even one of them survived. In response, the king stood up, tore his clothes and lay down on the ground and all his servants stood by with their clothes torn. But Jonadab, son of David's brother Shemaiah, spoke up. My lord must not think they have killed all the young men, the king's sons, because only Amnon is dead. In fact, Absalom has planned this ever since the day Amnon disgraced his sister Tamar. So now, my lord the king, don't take seriously the report that says all the king's sons are dead. Only Amnon is dead. Meanwhile, Absalom had fled. When the young man who was standing watch looked up, there were many people coming from the road west of him from the side of the mountain. Jonadab said to the king, Look, the king's sons have come. 
It's exactly like your servant said. Just as he finished speaking, the king's sons entered and wept loudly. Then the king and all his servants also wept bitterly. Now Absalom fled and went to Talmai, son of Amahud, king of Geshur, and David mourned for his son every day. Absalom had fled and gone to Geshur, where he stayed three years. Then King David longed to go to Absalom, for David had finished grieving over Amnon's death. Joab, son of Zariah, observed that the king's mind was on Absalom, so Joab sent someone to Tekoa to bring a clever woman from there. He told her, Pretend to be in mourning, dress in mourning clothes, and don't put on any oil. Act like a woman who has been mourning for the dead for a long time. Go to the king and speak these words to her. Then Joab told her exactly what to say. When the woman from Tekoa came to the king, she fell with her face to the ground in homage and said, Help me, my king. What's the matter? the king asked her. To tell the truth, I am a widow. My husband died, she said. Your servant had two sons. They were fighting in the field with no one to separate them, and one struck the other and killed him. Now the whole clan has risen up against your servant and said, Hand over the one who killed his brother so we may put him to death for the life of the brother he murdered. We will destroy the heir. They would extinguish my one remaining ember by not preserving my husband's name or posterity on earth. The king told the woman, Go home, I will issue a command on your behalf. Then the woman of Tekoa said to the king, My lord the king, may any blame be on me in my father's house, and may the king in his throne be innocent. Whoever speaks to you, the king said, bring him to me, he will not trouble you again. She replied, Please may the king invoke the Lord your God, so that the avenger of blood will not increase the loss, and they will not eliminate my sons. As the Lord lives, he vowed, not a hair of your son will fall to the ground. Then the woman said, Please may your servant speak a word to my lord the king. Speak, he replied. The woman asked, Why have you devised something similar against the people of God? When the king spoke as he did about this matter, he has pronounced his own guilt. The king has not brought back his own banished one, for we will, we will certainly die and be like water poured out in the ground which can't be recovered. But God would not take away a life. He would devise plans so that the banished one from him does not remain banished. Now, therefore, I have come to present this matter to my lord the king, because the people have made me afraid. Your servant thought, I must speak to the king. Perhaps the king will grant his servant's request. The king will surely listen in order to secure his servant from the hand of this man who would eliminate both me and my son from God's inheritance. Your servant thought, May the word of my lord the king bring relief, for my lord the king is able to discern the good and the bad like the angel of God. May the lord your God be with you. Then the king answered the woman, I'm going to ask you something, don't conceal it from me. Let my lord the king speak, the woman replied. The king asked, did Joab put you up to all this? The woman answered, As surely as you live, my lord the king, no one can turn to the right or left from all my lord the king says. Yes, your servant Joab is the one who gave orders to me. He told your servant exactly what to say. Joab, your servant, has done this to address the issue indirectly. But my lord has wisdom like the wisdom of the angel of God, knowing everything on earth. Then the king said to Joab, I hereby grant this request. Go, Bring back the young man Absalom. Joab fell with his face to the ground in homage and praised the king. Today, Joab said, your servant knows I have found favour with you, my lord the king, because the king has granted the request of your servant. So Joab got up, went to Geshur and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. However, the king added, 
He may return to his house, but he may not see my face. So Absalom returned to his house, but he did not see the king. No man in all Israel was as handsome and highly praised as Absalom. From the sole of his foot to the top of his head, he did not have a single flaw. When he shaved his head, he shaved it every year because his hair got so heavy for him that he had to shave it off. He would weigh the hair from his head and it would be five pounds according to the royal standard. Three sons were born to Absalom and a daughter named Tamar, who was a beautiful woman. Absalom resided in Jerusalem for two years, but never saw the king. Then Absalom sent for Joab in order to send him to the king, but Joab was unwilling to come. So he sent again a second time, but he still wouldn't come. Then Absalom said to his servants, See, Joab has a field right next to mine, and he has barley there. Go and set fire to it. So Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab came to Absalom's house and demanded, Why did your servants set my field on fire? Look, Absalom explained to Joab, I sent for you and said, Come, here, I want to to send you to the king to ask, Why have I come back from Geshur? I'd be better off if I were still there. So now let me see the king. If I am guilty, let him kill me. Joab went to the king and told him. So David summoned Absalom, who came to the king and bowed down with his face to the ground before the king. Then the king kissed Absalom. And there we end, day 120. Day 121, as we continue through Second Samuel. And to start, we read Second Samuel 15, 1-6. After this, Absalom got himself a chariot, horses, and fifty men to run before him. He would get up early and stand beside the road leading to the city gate. Whenever anyone had a grievance to bring before the king for settlement, Absalom called out to him and asked, What city are you from? If he replied, Your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel, Absalom said to him, Look, your claims are good and right, but the king does not have anyone to listen to you. He added, If only someone would appoint me judge in the land, then anyone who had a grievance or dispute could come to me and I would make sure he received justice. When a person approached to bow down to him, Absalom reached out his hand, took hold of him and kissed him. Absalom did this to all the Israelites who came to the king for a settlement. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Then we read Psalm 62 verse 1 to 12. I am at rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will never be shaken. How long will you threaten a man? Will all of you attack as if he were a leaning wall or a tottering stone fence? They only plan to bring him down from his high position. They take pleasure in lying. They bless with their mouths, but they curse inwardly. Rest in God alone, my soul, for my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. My salvation and glory depend on God. My strong rock, my refuge, is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. Men are only a vapour, exalted men an illusion. On a balanced scale they go up. Together they weigh less than a vapour. Place no trust in oppression or false hope in robbery. If wealth increases, pay no attention to it. God has spoken once, I have heard this twice. Strength belongs to God and faithful love belongs to you, Lord, for you repay each according to his works. And then Second Samuel fifteen seven to 12 When four years had passed, Absalom said to the king, Please let me go to Hebron to fulfill a vow I made to the Lord. For your servant made a vow when I lived in Geshur of Aram, saying, If the Lord really brings me back to Jerusalem, I will worship the Lord in Hebron. 
Go in peace, the king said to him. So he went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent messengers throughout the tribes of Israel with this message. When you hear the sound of the ram's horns, you are to say, Absalom has become king in Hebron. Two hundred men from Jerusalem went with Absalom. They had been invited and were going innocently, for they knew nothing about the whole matter. While he was offering the sacrifices, Absalom sent for David's adviser, Ahithophel, the Gilanite, from his city of Gilo. So the conspiracy grew strong and the people supporting Absalom continued to increase. Then we read Psalm 41, 1-13. Happy is the one who cares for the poor. The Lord will save him in a day of adversity. The Lord will keep him and preserve him. He will be blessed in the land. He will not give him over to the desire of his enemies. The Lord will sustain him on his sickbed. He will heal him on the bed where he lies. I said, Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak maliciously about me. When will he die and be forgotten? When one of them comes to visit, he speaks deceitfully. He stores up evil in his heart. He goes out and talks. All who hate me whisper together about me. They plan to harm me. Lethal poison has been poured into him, and he won't rise again from where he lies. Even my friend in whom I trusted, one who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. But you, Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up. Then I will repay them. By this I know that you delight in me. My enemy does not shout in triumph over me. You supported me because of my integrity and set me in your presence forever. May the Lord, the God of Israel, be praised from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Then Second Samuel fifteen thirteen to 16 Then an informer came to David and reported, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. David said to all the servants with him in Jerusalem, Get up, we have to flee or we will not escape from Absalom. Leave quickly or he will overtake us, heap disaster on us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. The king's servants said to him, Whatever my lord the king decides, we are your servants. Then the king set out and his entire household followed him, but he left behind ten concubines to take care of the palace. And Psalm 63, 1-11 God, you are my God, I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you, my body faints for you in a land that is dry, desolate and without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. So I will praise you as long as I live. At your name I will lift up my hands. You satisfy me as with rich food, my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When on my bed I think of you, I meditate on you during the night watches because you are my help. I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. I follow close to you. Your right hand holds on to me. But those who seek to destroy my life will go into the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the power of the sword. They will become the jackal's prey. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by him will boast for the mouths of liars will be shut. Then we read Second Samuel fifteen seventeen to 28 so the king set out and all the people followed him. They stopped at the last house while all his servants marched past him. Then the Cherethites, the Pelethites and the Gittites, 600 men who came with him from Gath, marched past the king. The king said to Ittai the Gittite, Why are you also going with us? Go back and stay with the king since you are both a foreigner and an exile from your homeland. Besides, you only arrived yesterday. Should I make you wander around with us today while I go wherever I can? Go back and take your brothers with you. May the Lord show you kindness and faithfulness. 
but in response it I vowed to the king, As surely as the Lord lives and as my Lord the king lives, wherever my Lord the king is, whether it means life or death, your servant will be there. March on, David replied to Ittai. So Ittai the Gittite marched past with all his men and the children who were with him. Everyone in the countryside was weeping loudly while all the people were marching past. As the king was crossing the Kidron Valley, all the people were marching past on the road that leads to the desert. Zadok was also there, and all the Levites were with him carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. They set the Ark of God down and Abiathar offered sacrifices until the people had finished marching past. Then the king instructed Zadok, Return the Ark of God to the city. If I find favour in the Lord's eyes, he will bring me back and allow me to see both it and its dwelling place. However, if he should say, I do not delight in you, then here I am. He can do with me whatever pleases him. The king also said to Zadok the priest, Look, return to the city in peace and your two sons with you, your son Ahimaaz and Abiathar's son Jonathan. Remember I'll wait at the forge of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. And we read Psalm 61, 1-8. God, hear my cry, pay attention to my prayer. I call to you from the ends of the earth where my heart is without strength. Lead me to a rock that is high above me, for you have been a refuge for me, a strong tower in the face of the enemy. I will live in your tent forever and take refuge under the shelter of your wings. God, you have heard my voice. You have given a heritage to those who fear your name. Add days to the king's life. May his years span many generations. May he sit enthroned before God forever. Appoint faithful love and truth to guard him. Then I will continually sing of your name, fulfilling my vows day by day. And Second Samuel 15, verse 29 to 30. So Zadok and Abiathar returned the ark of God to Jerusalem and stayed there. David was climbing the slope of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he ascended. His head was covered and he was walking barefoot. Each of the people with him covered their heads and went up, weeping as they ascended. And we read Psalm 3, verse 1 to 8. Lord, how my foes increase. There are many who attack me. Many say about me there is no help for him in God. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I am not afraid of the thousands of people who have taken their stand against me on every side. Rise up, Lord. Save me, my God. You strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be on your people. And then we read Psalm 22, verse 1 to 18, to finish today. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you, they trusted and you rescued them. They cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by men and despised by people. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. He relies on the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let the Lord deliver him since he takes pleasure in him. You took me from the womb, making me secure while at my mother's breast. I was given over to you at birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Do not be far from me, because distress is near and there is no one to help. 
many bulls surround me, strong ones of Bashan encircle me. They open their mouths against me, lions mauling and roaring. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are disjointed. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like baked clay, my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You put me into the dust of the earth, for dogs have surrounded me, a gang of evildoers has closed in on me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones, people look and stare at me. They divided my garments among themselves, and they cast lots for my clothing. And there we end, day 121. Day 122, and we continue through the story of David and Absalom in Second Samuel, but we start today reading a few Psalms. Uh, and reading first Sam 22 verse 19 to 31. But you, Lord, don't be far away. My strength come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my very life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my brothers. I will praise you in the congregation. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honour him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. For he has not despised or detested the torment of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from him, but listened when he cried to him for help. I will give praise in the great congregation because of you. I will fulfil my vows before those who fear you. The humble will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you, for kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him, even the one who cannot preserve his life. Descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and tell a people yet to be born about his righteousness, what he has done. And then Psalm 14, 1-7. The fool says in his heart, God does not exist. They are corrupt. Their actions are revolting. Sorry, that was my phone. Um, there is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise, one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will evildoers never understand? They consume my people as they consume bread. They do not call on the Lord. Then they will be filled with terror, for God is with those who are righteous. You sinners frustrate the plans of the afflicted, but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that Israel's deliverance would come from Zion. When the Lord restores his captive people, Jacob will rejoice. Israel will be glad. And then the same in Psalm 53, verse 1 to 6. The fool says in his heart, God does not exist. They are corrupt and they do vile deeds. There is no one who does good. God looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise and who seeks God. Everyone has turned aside. They have all become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will evildoers never understand? They consume my people as they consume bread. They do not call on God. Then they will be filled with terror, terror like no other, because God will scatter the bones of those who besiege you. You will put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Oh, that Israel's deliverance would come from Zion. When God restores his captive people, Jacob will rejoice. Israel will be glad. And then we read from 2 Samuel 15, verse 31, through to chapter 16, verse 14. Then someone reported to David, 
Ahithophel, Ahithophel, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. Lord, David pleaded, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. When David came to the summit where he used to worship God, there to meet him was Hushai the archite, with his robe torn and dust on his head. I'm struggling today, but keep with it. Um, with dust on his head. David said to him, If you go away with me, you'll be a burden to me, but if you return to the city and tell Absalom, I will be your servant, my king. Previously I was your father's servant, but now I will be your servant. Then you can counteract Ahithophel's counsel for me. Won't Zadok and Abiathar the priest be there with you? Report everything you hear from the king's palace to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Take note, their two sons, Zadok's son Ahimaaz and Abiathar's son Jonathan, are there with them. Send me everything you hear through them. So Hushai, David's personal adviser, entered Jerusalem just as Absalom was entering the city. When David had gone a little beyond the summit Ziba, Mephibosheth's servant was right there to meet him. He had a pair of saddled donkeys loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 clusters of raisins, 100 bu bunches of summer fruit and a skin of wine. The king said to Ziba, Why do you have these? Ziba answered, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride, the bread and summer fruit are for the young men to eat, and the wine is for those who become exhausted to drink in the desert. Where is your master's son? the king asked. Why he's staying in Jerusalem, Ziba replied to the king, for he said, Today the house of Israel will restore my father's kingdom to me. The king said to Ziba, All that belongs to Mephibosheth is now yours. I bow before you, Ziba said, May you look favourably on me, my lord the king. When King David got to Bahurim, a man belonging to the family of the house of Saul was just coming out. His name was Shemaiah, son of Gerah, and he was yelling curses as he approached. He threw stones at David and at all the royal servants, the people and the warriors on David's right and left. Shemai said as he cursed, Get out, get out, you worthless murderer. The Lord has paid you back for all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you rule, and the Lord has handed the kingdom over to your son Absalom. Look, you are in trouble because you are a murderer. Then Abishai son of Zariah said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and cut his head off. The king replied, Sons of Zariah, do we agree on anything? He curses me this way because the Lord told him, Curse David. Therefore who can say, Why did you do that? Then David said to Abishai and all his servants, Look, my own son, my own flesh and blood intends to take my life. How much more now this Benjaminite? Leave him alone and let him curse me, the Lord has told him to. Perhaps the Lord will see my affliction and restore goodness to me instead of Shemai's curses today. So David and his men proceeded along the road as Shemaiah was going along the ridge of the hill opposite him. As Shemaiah went, he cursed David and threw stones and dirt at him. Finally, the king and all the people with him arrived exhausted, so they rested there. Then we read Psalm chapter 39, verse 1 to 13. I said, I will guard my way so that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle as long as the wicked are in my presence. I was speechless and quiet. I kept silent even from speaking good, and my pain intensified. My heart grew hot within me as I mused a fire burned. I spoke with my tongue. The Lord revealed to me the end of my life and the number of my days. Let me know how transitory I am. You indeed have made my days short and lengthened my lifespan as nothing in your sight. Yes, every mortal man is only a vapour. Certainly man walks about like a mere shadow. Indeed, they frantically rush around in vain, gathering possessions without knowing who will get them. Now, Lord, what do I wait for? 
My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the taunt of fools. I am speechless. I do not open my mouth because of what you have done. Remove your torment from me. I fade away because of the force of your hand. You discipline a man with punishment for sin, consuming like a moth what is precious to him. Every man is a mere vapour. Hear my prayer, Lord, and listen to my cry for help. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a foreigner residing with you, a sojourner like all my fathers. Turn your angry gaze from me, so that I may be cheered up before I die and I am gone. And then we read Second Samuel 16, verse 15, to chapter 17, verse 24, to finish today. Now Absalom and all the Israelites came to Jerusalem. Ahithophel was also with him. When David's friend Hushai the Archite came to Absalom, Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king, long live the king. Is this your loyalty to your friend? Absalom asked Hushai. Why didn't you go with your friend? Not at all, Hushai answered Absalom. I am on the side of the one that the Lord, the people and all the men of Israel have chosen. I will stay with him. Furthermore, whom will I serve if not his son? As I served in your father's presence, I will also serve in yours. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give me your advice. What should we do? Ahithophel replied to Absalom, Sleep with your father's concubines he left to take care of the palace. When all Israel hears that you have become repulsive to your father, everyone with you will become encouraged. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and he slept with his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Now the advice Ahithophel gave in those days was like someone asking about a word from God. Such was the regard that both David and Absalom had for Ahithophel's advice. Ahithophel said to Absalom, Let me choose twelve thousand men, and I will set out in pursuit of David tonight. I will attack him while he is weak and weary, throw him into a panic, and all the people with him will scatter. I will strike down only the king and bring all the people back to you. When everyone returns except the man you are seeking, all the people will be at peace. This proposal seemed good to Absalom and all the elders of Israel. Then Absalom said, Summon Hushai the archite also, let's hear what he has to say as well. So Hushai came to Absalom, and Absalom told him, Ahithophel offered this proposal, should we carry out his proposal? If not, what do you say? Hushai replied to Absalom, The advice Ahithophel has given this time is not good. Hushai continued, You know your father and his men, they are warriors and are desperate like a wild bear robbed of her cubs. Your father is an experienced soldier who won't spend the night with the people. He's probably already hiding in one of the caves or some other place. If some of our troops fall first, someone is sure to hear and say there's been a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. Then even a brave man with the heart of a lion will melt because all Israel knows that your father and the valiant men with him are warriors. Instead, I advise that all Israel from Dan to Beersheba, as numerous as the sand by the sea, be gathered to you and that you personally go into battle. Then we will attack David wherever we find him and we will descend on him like dew on the ground." Not even one will be left of all the men with him. If he retreats to some city, all Israel will bring ropes to that city, and we will drag its stones into the valley until not even a pebble can be found there. Since the Lord had decreed that Ahithophel's good advice be undermined in order to bring about Absalom's ruin, Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The advice of Hushai the archite is better than Ahithophel's advice. Hushai then told the priests Sadok and Abiathar, This is what Ahithophel advised Absalom and the elders of Israel, and this is what I advised. Now send someone quickly and tell David, Don't spend the night at the wilderness ford of the Jordan, but be sure to cross over, or the king and all the people with him will be destroyed. 
Jonathan and Ahimahaz were staying at Enrogel, where a servant girl would come and pass along information to them. They in turn would go and inform King David because they dared not to be seen entering the city. However, a young man did see them and informed Absalom. So the two left quickly and came to the house of a man in Baharim. He had a well in his courtyard and they climbed down into it. Then his wife took the cover, placed it over the mouth of the well and scattered grain in it so nobody would know anything. Absalom's servant came to the woman at the house and asked, Where are Ahimahaz and Jonathan? They passed by toward the water, the woman replied to them. The men searched but did not find them, so they returned to Jerusalem. After they had gone, Ahimaz and Jonathan climbed out of the well and went and informed King David. They told him, Get up and immediately ford the river, for Ahithophel has given this advice against you. So David and all the people with him got up and crossed the Jordan. By daybreak there was no one who had not crossed the Jordan. When Ahithophel realised that his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey and set out for his house in his hometown. He set his affairs in order and hanged himself. So he died and was buried in his father's tomb. David had arrived at Mahanam by the time Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. And there we end day 122. Day 123, and this is a day really purely of Psalms. We have a small reading from Second Samuel 17, but we begin today at Psalm 4, verse 1 to 8. Answer me when I call. God who vindicates me, you freed me from affliction. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. How long, exalted men, will my honour be insulted? How long will you love what is worthless and pursue a lie? Know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. On your bed reflect in your heart and be still. Offer sacrifices in righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many are saying, who can show us anything good? Look on us with favour, Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and new wine abound. I will both lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, Lord, make me live in safety. And then we read Second Samuel 17, 17, from 25 to 29. Now Absalom had appointed Amasa over the army in Joab's place. Amasa was the son of a man named Ithra the Israelite. Ithra had married Abigail, daughter of Nahash. Abigail was a sister to Zariah, Joab's mother, and Israel and Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Mahanaim, Shubai, son of Nahash, from Rabbah of the Ammonites, Machir, son of Amiel, from Ludabar, and Barzilia, the Gileadite from Rogalim, brought beds, basins, and pottery items. They also brought wheat, barley flour, roasted grain, beans, lentils, honey, curds, sheep, and cheese from the herd for David and the people with him to eat. They had reasoned, the people must be hungry, exhausted, and thirsty in the desert. Then we read Psalm 42, verse 1 to 11. As a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while all day long people say to me, Where is your God? I remember this as I pour out my heart. How I walked with many, leading the festive procession to the house of God, with joyful and thankful shouts. Why am I so depressed? Why this turmoil within me? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Saviour and my God. I am deeply depressed, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and the peaks of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your billows have swept over me. 
The Lord will send his faithful love by day. His song will be with me in the night, a prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about in sorrow because of the enemy's oppression? My adversaries taunt me as if crushing my bones, while all day long they say to me, Where is your God? Why am I so depressed? Why this turmoil within me? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Saviour and my God. And then Psalm 43, verse 1 to 5. Vindicate me, God, and defend my cause against an ungodly nation. Rescue me from the deceitful and unjust man, for you are the God of my refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about in sorrow because of the enemy's oppression? Send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to your dwelling place. Then I will come to the altar of God, to God my greatest joy. I will praise you with the lyre, God my God. Why am I so depressed? Why this turmoil within me? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Saviour and my God. And then Psalm 55, verse 1 to 23. God, listen to my prayer and do not ignore my plea for help. Pay attention to me and answer me. I am restless and in turmoil with my complaint, because of the enemy's voice, because of the pressure of the wicked, for they bring down disaster on me and harass me in anger. My heart shudders within me, terrors of death sweep over me. Fears and trembling grip me, horror has overwhelmed me. I said, if only I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and find rest. How far away I would flee, I would stay in the wilderness, I would hurry to my shelter from the raging wind and the storm. Lord, confuse and confound their speech, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they make the rounds on its walls. Crime and trouble are within it, destruction is in dis- inside it, oppression and deceit never leave its marketplace. Now it is not an enemy who insults me, otherwise I could bear it. It is not a foe who rises up against me, otherwise I could hide from him. But it is you, a man who is my peer, my companion and good friend. We used to have close fellowship, we walked with the crowd into the house of God. Let death take them by surprise, let them go down to Sheol alive, because evil is in their homes and within them. But I call to God and the Lord will save me. I complain and groan morning, noon and night, and he hears my voice. Though many are against me, he will redeem me from my battle unharmed. God, the one enthroned from long ago, will hear and will humiliate them, because they do not change and do not fear God. He acts violently against those at peace with him. He violates his covenant. His buttery words are smooth, but war is in his heart. His words are softer than oil, but they are drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will support you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. You, God, will bring them down to the pit of destruction. Men of bloodshed and treachery will not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Then we read Psalm 71, verse 1 to 24. Lord, I seek refuge in you. Never let me be disgraced. In your justice, rescue and deliver me. Listen closely to me and save me. Be a rock of refuge for me where I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and oppressive. For you are my hope, Lord God, my confidence from my youth. I have leaned on you from birth. You took me from my mother's womb. My praise is always about you. I have become an ominous sign to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is full of praise and honour to you all day long. Don't discard me in my old age. 
as my strength fails, do not abandon me. For my enemies talk about me, and those who spy on me plot together, saying, God has abandoned him, chase him and catch him, for there is no one to rescue him. God, do not be far from me, my God, hurry to help me. May my adversaries be disgraced and confounded. May those who seek my harm be covered with disgrace and humiliation. But I will hope continually and will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell about your righteousness and your salvation all day long, though I cannot sum them up. I come because of the mighty acts of the Lord God. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still proclaim your wonderful works. Even when I am old and grey, God, do not abandon me. Then I will proclaim your power to another generation, your strength to all who are to come. Your righteousness reaches heaven, God, you who have done great things. God, who is like you? You cause me to experience many troubles and misfortunes, but you will revive me again. You will bring me up again, even from the depths of the earth. You will increase my honour and comfort me once again. Therefore, with a lute, I will praise you for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing to you with a harp, Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, because you have redeemed me. Therefore, my tongue will proclaim your righteousness all day long. For those who seek my harm will be disgraced and confounded. And Psalm 28, verse 1 to 9. Lord, I call to you, my rock, do not be deaf to me. If you remain silent to me, I will be like those going down to the pit. Listen to the sound of my pleading when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away from the wicked, with the evildoers who speak in friendly ways with their neighbours while malice is in their hearts. Repay them according to what they have done, according to the evil of their deeds. Repay them according to the work of their hands. Give them back what they deserve. Because they do not consider what the Lord has done or the work of his hands, he will tear them down and not rebuild them. May the Lord be praised, for he has heard the sound of my pleading. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart rejoices, and I praise him with my song. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is a stronghold of salvation for his anointed. Save your people, bless your possession, shepherd them and carry them forever. And then Psalm 143, verse 1 to 12. Lord, hear my prayer. In your faithfulness listen to my plea, and in your righteousness answer me. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one alive is righteous in your sight. For the enemy has pursued me, crushing me to the ground, making me live in darkness like those long dead. My spirit is weak within me, my heart is overcome with dismay. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all you have done, I reflect on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you, I am like a parched land before you. Answer me quickly, Lord, my spirit feels. Don't hide your face from me or I will be like those going down to the pit. Let me experience your faithful love in the morning, for I trust in you. Reveal to me the way I should go, because I long for you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, I come to, come to you. Come to you, to you for Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me on level ground. Because of your name, Yahweh, let me live. In your righteousness deliver me from trouble, and in your faithful love destroy my enemies. Wipe out all those who attack me, for I am your servant. And then we read Psalm chapter 40, verse 1 to 12, to finish today. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry for help. 
He brought me up from a desolate pit, out of the muddy clay, and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. How happy is the man who has put his trust in the Lord and has not turned to the proud or to those who run after lies. Lord my God, you have done many things. Your wonderful works and your plans for us none can compare with you. If I were to report and speak of them, they are more than can be told. You do not delight in sacrifice and offering. You open my ears to listen. You do not ask for a whole burnt offering or a sin offering. Then I said, See, I have come. It is written about me in the volume of the scroll. I delight to do your will, my God. Your instruction resides within me. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. See, I do not keep my mouth closed, as you know, Lord. I did not hide your righteousness in my heart. I spoke about your faithfulness and salvation. I did not conceal your constant love and truth from the great assembly. Lord, do not withhold your compassion from me. Your constant love and truth will always guard me. For troubles without number have surrounded me. My sins have overtaken me. I am unable to see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my courage leaves me. And there we end. Day 123. Day 124 and we continue in the story of Second Samuel. But first today we go through a number of Psalms again. Beginning at Psalm 40 verse 13 where we left off yesterday going to the end. Verse 17. Lord be pleased to deliver me. Hurry to help me Lord. Let those who seek to take my life be disgraced and confounded. Let those who wish me harm be driven back and humiliated. Let those who say to me, Aha, aha, be horrified because of their shame. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation continually say, The Lord is great. I am afflicted and needy, the Lord thinks of me. You are my help and my deliverer, my God do not delay. And then we read Psalm 70 verse 1 to 5. God deliver me, hurry to help me, Lord. Let those who seek my life be disgraced and confounded. Let those who wish me harm be driven back and humiliated. Let those who say, Aha, aha, retreat because of their shame. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation continually say, God is great. I am afflicted and needy. Hurry to me, God. You are my help and my deliverer. Lord, do not delay. And then Psalm 27, verse 1 to 14. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom should I be afraid? When evildoers came against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell. Though an army deploy against me, my heart is not afraid. Though war break out against me, still I am confident. I have asked one thing from the Lord, it is what I desire. To dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. For he will conceal me in his shelter in the day of adversity. He will hide me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be high above my enemies around me. I will offer sacrifices in his tent with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to me and answer me. In your behalf my heart says, Seek my face. Lord, I will seek your face. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me or abandon me, God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord cares for me. Because of my adversary, show me your way, Lord, and lead me on a level path. 
Do not give me over to the will of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing violence. I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be courageous and let your heart be strong. Wait for the Lord. Then Psalm 69, verse 1 to 36. Save me, God, for the water has risen to my neck. I have sunk in deep mud and there is no footing. I have come into deep waters and a flood sweeps over me. I am weary from my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes feel looking for my God. Those who hate me without cause are more numerous than the hairs of my head. My deceitful enemies who would destroy me are powerful. Though I did not steal, I must repay. God, you know my foolishness and my guilty acts are not hidden from you. Do not let those who put their hope in you be disgraced because of me, Lord God of hosts. Do not let those who seek you be humiliated because of me, God of Israel. For I have endured insults because of you, and shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers and a foreigner to my mother's sons, because zeal for your house has consumed me, and the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. I mourned and fasted, but it brought me insults. I wore sackcloth as my clothing, and I was a joke to them. Those who sit at the city gate talk about me, and drunkards make up songs about me. But as for me, Lord, my prayer to you is for a time of favour. In your abundant, faithful love, God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the marry mud, don't let me sink. Let me be rescued from those who hate me and from the deep waters. Don't let the flood water sweep over me or the deep swallow me up. Don't let the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, Lord, for your faithful love is good, and keeping with your great compassion, turn to me. Don't hide your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Answer me quickly. Draw near to me and redeem me, ransom me because of my enemies. You know the insults I endure, my shame and disgrace. You are aware of all my adversaries. Insults have broken my heart, and I am in despair. I waited for sympathy, but there was none for comforters, but found no one. Instead they gave me gall for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table set before them be a snare, and let it be a trap for their allies. Let their eyes grow too dim to see, and let their loins continually shake. Pour out your rage in them, and let your burning anger overtake them. Make their fortification desolate, may no one live in their tents. For they persecute the one you struck, and talk about the pain of those you wounded. Add guilt to their guilt, do not let them share in your righteousness. Let them be erased from the book of life, and not be recorded with the righteous. But as for me, poor and in pain, let your salvation protect me, God. I will praise God's name with song, and exalt him with thanksgiving. That will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with horns and hooves. The humble will see it, and rejoice. You who seek God, take heart. For the Lord listens to the needy, and does not despise his own who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas, and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion, and build up the cities of Judah. They will live there, and possess it. The descendants of his servants will inherit it, and those who love his name will live in it. Then Psalm 120, verse 1 to 7. In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me, Lord, deliver me from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. What will he give you, and what will he do to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with burning charcoal. What misery that I have stayed in Meshesh, and that, that I have lived among the tents of Kedar. I have lived too long with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak they are for war. And then Psalm 121, verse 1 to 8. 
I raise my eyes towards the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forever. And then we read Second Samuel chapter 18, verse 1 to 18 to finish today. David reviewed his troops and appointed commanders of hundreds and of thousands over them. He then sent out the troops, one-third under Joab, one-third under Joab's brother Abishai, a son of Zariah, and one-third under Ittai the Gittite. The king said to the troops, I will also march out with you. You must not go, the people pleaded. If we have to flee, they will not pay any attention to us. Even if half of us die, they will not pay any attention to us, because you are worth ten thousand of us. Therefore it is better if you support us from the city. I will do whatever you think is best, the king replied to them. So he stood beside the gate while all the troops marched out, hundreds and thousands. The king commanded Joab, Abishai and Ittai, Treat the young man Absalom gently for my sake. All the people heard the king's orders to all the commanders about Absalom. Then David's forces marched into the field to engage Israel in battle, which took place in the forest of Ephraim. The people of Israel were defeated by David's soldiers, and the slaughter there was vast that day, 20,000 casualties. The battle spread over the entire region, and that day the forest claimed more people than the sword. Absalom was riding on his mule when he happened to meet David's soldiers. When the mule went under the tangled branches of a large oak tree, Absalom's head was caught fast in the tree. The mule under him kept going, so he was suspended in mid-air. One of the men saw him and informed Joab. He said, I just saw Absalom hanging in an oak tree. You just saw him? Joab exclaimed. Why didn't you strike him to the ground right there? I would have given you ten pieces of silver and a belt. The man replied to Joab, Even if I had the weight of one thousand pieces of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For we heard the king command you, Abishai and Ittai, protect the young man Absalom for me. If I had jeopardized my own life and nothing is hidden from the king, you would have abandoned me. Joab said, I'm not going to waste time with you. He then took three spears in his hand and thrust them into Absalom's heart while he was still alive in the oak tree. And ten young men who were Joab's armour-bearers surrounded Absalom, struck him and killed him. Afterwards Joab blew the ram's horn and the troops broke off their pursuit of Israel, because Joab restrained them. They took Absalom, threw him into a large pit in the forest and piled a huge mound of stones over him. And all Israel fled, each to his tent. When he was alive, Absalom had erected for himself a pillar in the king's valley, for he had said, I have no son to preserve the memory of my name. So he gave the pillar his name. It is still called Absalom's Monument today. And there we end day 124. Day 125 as we continue still through Second Samuel beginning at chapter 18 verse 19. And we'll read until 33. Amahaz son of Zadok said, Please let me run and tell the king the good news that the Lord has delivered him from his enemies. Joab replied to him, You are not the man to take good news today. You may do it another day, but today you aren't taking good news because the king's son is dead. Joab then said to the Cushite, Go and tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed to Joab and took off running. However, Amahaz son of Zadok persisted and said to Joab, No matter what, please let me run too behind the Cushite. 
Job replied, My son, why do you want to run since you won't get a reward? No matter what, I want to run. Then run, Joab said to him. So Amahaz ran by way of the plain and outran the Cushite. David was sitting between the two gates when the watchman went up to the roof of the gate and over to the wall. The watchman looked and saw a man running alone. He called out and told the king. The king said, If he's alone, he bears good news. As the first runner came close, the watchman saw another man running. He called out to the gatekeeper, Look, another man is running alone. This one is also bringing good news, the king said. The watchman said, The way the first man runs looks to me like the way Amahaz, son of Zadok, runs. This is a good man, he comes with good news, the king commented. Ahamaz called out to the king, All is well, and then bowed down to the king with his face to the ground. He continued, May the Lord your God be praised, he delivered up the men who rebelled against my lord the king. The king asked, Is the young man Absalom all right? Amahaz replied, When Joab sent the king's servant and your servant, I saw a big disturbance, but I don't know what it was. The king said, Move aside and stand here. So he stood to one side. Just then the Cushite came and said, May my lord the king hear the good news. Today the Lord has delivered you from all those rising up against you. The king asked the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom all right? The Cushite replied, May what has become of the young man happen to the enemies of my lord the king and to all who rise up against you with evil intent. The king was deeply moved and went up to the gate chamber and wept. As he walked, he cried, My son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, if only I had died instead of you, Absalom, my son. And then we read Psalm chapter 10, verse 1 to 18. Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide in times of trouble? In arrogance the wicked relentlessly pursue the afflicted. Let them be caught in the schemes they have devised. For the wicked one boasts about his own cravings. The one who is greedy curses and despises the Lord. In all his scheming, the wicked arrogantly thinks there is no accountability since God does not exist. His ways are always secure. Your lofty judgments are beyond his sight. He scoffs at all his adversaries. He says to himself, I will never be moved from generation to generation without calamity. Cursing, deceit and violence fill his mouth. Trouble and malice are under his tongue. He waits in ambush near the villages. He kills the innocent in secret places. His eyes are on the lookout for the helpless. He lurks in secret like a lion in a thicket. He lurks in order to seize the afflicted. He seizes the afflicted and drags them in his net. He crouches and bends down the helpless fall because of his strength. He says to himself, God has forgotten. He hides his face and will never see. Rise up, Lord God, lift up your hand. Do not forget the afflicted. Why has the wicked despised God? He says to himself, you will not demand an account. But you yourself have seen trouble and grief, observing it in order to take the matter into your hands. The helpless entrusts himself to you. You are a helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evil person. Call his wickedness into account until nothing remains of it. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their hearts. You will listen carefully, doing justice for the fatherless and the oppressed, so that men of the earth may terrify them no more. Then we continue on in Second Samuel chapter 19, verse 1 to 8. It was reported to Joab, The king is weeping, he's mourning over Absalom. That day's victory was turned into mourning for all the troops, because on that day the troops heard, The king is grieving over his son. So they returned to the city quietly that day, like people come in when they are humiliated after fleeing in battle. 
But the king hid his face and cried out at the top of his voice, My son, Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joab went into the house to the king and said, Today you have shamed all your soldiers, those who rescued your life and the lives of your sons and daughters, your wives and your concubines. You love your enemies and hate those who love you. Today you have made it clear that the commanders and soldiers mean nothing to you. In fact, today I know that if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead, it would be fine with you. Now get up, go out and encourage your soldiers, for I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a man will remain with you tonight. This will be worse for you than all the trouble that has come to you from your youth until now. So the king got up and sat in the gate, and all the people were told, Look, the king is sitting in the gate. Then they all came into the king's presence. Meanwhile, each Israelite had fled to his tent. Then we read Psalm 122, verse 1 to 9. I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city should be, solidly joined together, where the tribes, the tribes of the Lord, go up to give thanks to the name of the Lord. This is an ordinance for Israel. There, thrones for judgment are placed, thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you prosper. May there be peace within your walls, prosperity within your fortresses. Because of my brothers and friends, I will say, Peace be with you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Then we continue in Second Samuel chapter 19, verse 9 to 23. All the people among all the tribes of Israel were arguing. The king delivered us from the grasp of our enemies, and he rescued us from the grasp of the Philistines. But now he has fled from the land because of Absalom. But Absalom, the man we anointed over us, has died in battle. So why do you say nothing about restoring the king? King David sent word to the priests, Zadok and Abiathar, Say to the elders of Judah, Why should you be the last to restore the king to his palace? The talk of all Israel has reached the king at his house. You are my brothers, my flesh and blood, so why should you be the last to restore the king? And tell Amasa, Aren't you my flesh and blood? May God punish me and do so severely if you don't become commander of the army from now on instead of Joab. So he won over all the men of Judah, and they sent word to the king, Come back, you and all your servants. Then the king returned. When he arrived at the Jordan, Judah came to Gilgal to meet the king and escort him across the Jordan. Jemiah, son of Gera, a Benjaminite from Bahurim, hurried down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were one thousand men from Benjamin with him. Ziba, an attendant from the house of Saul with his fifteen sons and twenty servants, also rushed down to the Jordan ahead of the king. They forded the Jordan to bring the king's household across and do whatever the king desired. When Shemai son of Gerah crossed the Jordan, he fell down before the king and said to him, My lord, don't hold me guilty and don't remember your servant's wrongdoing on the day my lord the king left Jerusalem. May the king not take it to heart, for your servant knows that I have sinned. But look, today I am the first one of the entire house of Joseph to come down to meet my lord the king. Abishai son of Zariah asked, Shouldn't Samai be put to death for this because he ridiculed the Lord's anointed? David answered, Sons of Zariah, do we agree on anything? Have you become my adversary today? Should any man be killed in Israel today, am I not aware that today I am king over Israel? So the king said to Shammai, You will not die. Then the king gave him his oath. And we read Psalm 92 verse 1 to 15. It is good to praise the Lord, to sing praise to your name, Most High, to declare your faithful love in the morning and your faithfulness at night with a ten-stringed harp and the music of a lyre. 
for you have made me rejoice, Lord, by what you have done. I will shout for joy because of the works of your hands. How magnificent are your works, Lord, how profound your thoughts. A stupid person does not know, a fool does not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be eternally destroyed. But you, Lord, are exalted forever. For indeed, Lord, your enemies, indeed your enemies will perish, all evildoers will be scattered. You have lifted up my horn like that of a wild ox. I have been anointed with oil. My eyes look down on my enemies, my ears hear evildoers when they attack me. The righteous thrive like a palm tree and grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they thrive in the courtyards of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age, healthy and green to declare, The Lord is just, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. And then we finish today by reading Second Samuel 19, verse 24 to 30. Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, also went down to meet the king. He had not taken care of his feet, trimmed his moustache, or washed his clothes from the day the king left until the day he returned safely. When he came from Jerusalem to meet the king, the king asked him, Mephibosheth, why didn't you come with me? My lord the king, he replied, my servant Zebed betrayed me. Actually, your servant said, I'll saddle the donkey for myself so that I may ride it and go with the king, for your servant is lame. Zeba slandered your servant to my lord the king, but my lord the king is like the angel of God, so do whatever you think best. For my grandfather's entire family deserves death from my lord the king, but you set your servant among those who eat at your table. So what further right do I have to keep on making appeals to the king? The king said to him, Why keep on speaking about these matters of yours? I hereby declare you and Zeba are to divide the land. Mephibosheth said to the king, Instead, since my lord the king has come to his palace safely, let Ziba take it all. And there we end, day 125. Day 126, and it's fairly straightforward today. We read from Second Samuel 19, verse 31, through to Second Samuel 21, verse 14, and then a few Psalms, but it's straightforward for those couple of chapters of Second Samuel which begin at chapter 19, verse 31. Barzillia and the Gileadite had come down from Rogalim and accompanied the king to the Jordan River to see him off at the Jordan. Brasilia was a very old man, 80 years old, and since he was a very wealthy man, he had provided for the needs of the king while he stayed in Mahanim. The king said to Brasilia, Cross over with me, so I'll provide for you at my side in Jerusalem. Brasilia replied to the king, how many years of my life are left that I should go up to Jerusalem with the king? I'm now eighty years old. Can I discern what is pleasant and what is not? Can your servant taste what he eats or drinks? Can I still hear the voice of male and female singers? Why should your servant be an added burden to my lord the king? Since your servant is only going with the king a little way across the Jordan, why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant return so that I may die in my own city, near the tomb of my father and mother, but here is your servant Chimham. Let him cross over with my lord the king. Do for him what seems good to you. The king replied, Chimham will cross over with me, and I will do for him what seems good to you, and whatever you desire for me I will do for you. So all the people crossed the Jordan, and then the king crossed. The king kissed Brasilia and blessed him, and Brasilia returned to his home. The king went on to Gilgal, and Chimham went with him. All the troops of Judah and half of Israel escorted the king. Suddenly all the men of Israel came to the king. They asked him, 
Why did our brothers, the men of Judah, take you away secretly and transport the king and his household across the Jordan along with all of David's men? All the men of Judah responded to the men of Israel, Because the king is our relative. Why does this make you angry? Have we ever eaten anything of the kings or been honoured at all? The men of Israel answered the men of Judah, We have ten shares in the kings, so we have a greater claim to David than you. Why then do you despise us? Weren't we the first to speak of restoring our king? But the words of the men of Judah were harsher than those of the men of Israel. Now a wicked man, a Benjaminite named Sheba, son of Bichri, happened to be there. He blew the ram's horn and shouted, We have no portion in David, no inheritance in Jesse's son, each man to his tent, Israel. So all the men of Israel deserted David and followed Sheba, son of Bichri. But the men of Judah from the Jordan all the way to Jerusalem remained loyal to their king. When David came to his palace in Jerusalem, he took the ten concubines he had left to take care of the palace and placed them under guard. He provided for them, but he was not intimate with them. They were confined until the day of their death, living as widows. The king said to Amasa, Summon the men of Judah to me within three days and be here yourself. Amasa went to summon Judah, but he took longer than the time allotted him. So David said to Abishai, Sheba, son of Bichri, will do more harm to us than Absalom. Take your lord's soldiers and pursue him, or he will find fortified cities and elude us. So Joab's men, the Cherethites, the Pelethites, and all the warriors marched out under Abishai's command. They left Jerusalem to pursue Sheba, son of Bichri. They were at the great stone in Gibeon when Amasa joined them. Joab was wearing his uniform, and over it was a belt around his waist with a sword in its sheath. As he approached, the sword fell out. Joab asked Amasa, Are you well, my brother? Then with his right hand, Joab grabbed Amasa by the beard to kiss him. Amasa was not on guard against the sword in Joab's hand, and Joab stabbed him in the stomach with it and spilled his intestines out in the ground. Joab did not stab him again, for Amasa was dead. Joab and his brother Abishai pursued Sheba, son of Bichri. One of Joab's young men had stood over Amasa, saying, Whoever favours Joab and whoever is for David, follow Joab. Now Amasa was writhing in his blood in the middle of the highway, and the man had seen that all the people stopped. So he moved Amasa from the highway to the field and threw a garment over him, because he realised that all those who encountered Amasa were stopping. When he was removed from the highway, all the men passed by and followed Joab to pursue Sheba son of Bichri. Sheba passed through all the tribes of Israel to Abel of beth Machah. All the Berites came together and followed him. Joab's troops came and besieged Sheba and Abel of beth Machah. They built an assault ramp against the outer wall of the city. While all the troops with Joab were battering the wall to make it collapse, a wise woman called out from the city, Listen, listen, please tell Joab to come here and let me speak with him. When he had come near her, the woman asked, Are you Joab? I am, he replied. Listen to the words of your servant, she said to him. He answered, I am listening. She said, In the past they used to say, Seek counsel in Abel, and that's how they settled disputes. I am a peaceful person, one of the faithful in Israel, but you are trying to destroy a city that is like a mother in Israel. Why would you devour the Lord's inheritance? Joab protested, Never, I do not want to destroy, that is not my intention. There is a man called Sheba, son of Bichri, from the hill country of Ephraim, who has rebelled against King David. Deliver this one man, and I will withdraw from the city. The woman replied to Joab, All right, his head will be thrown over the wall to you. 
The woman went to all the people with her wise counsel, and they cut off the head of Sheba son of Bichri and threw it to Joab. So he blew the ram's horn, and they dispersed from the city, each to his own tent. Joab returned to the king in Jerusalem. Joab commanded the whole army of Israel. Benaiah son of Jehoiada was over the Cherethites and Pelethites. Adoram was in charge of forced labour. Jehoshaphat son of Ahilud was court historian. Shiva was court secretary. Zadok and Abiathar were priests and in addition, Era the Jarite was David's priest. During David's reign there was a famine for three successive years, so David inquired of the Lord. The Lord answered, It is because of the blood shed by Saul and his family when he killed the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites were not Israelites, but rather a remnant of the Amorites. The Israelites had taken an oath concerning them, but Saul had tried to kill them in his zeal for the Israelites and Judah. So David summoned the Gibeonites and spoke to them. He asked the Gibeonites, What should I do for you? How can I wipe out this guild so that you will bring a blessing on the Lord's inheritance? The Gibeonites said to him, We are not asking for money from Saul or his family, and we cannot put anyone to death in Israel. Whatever you say, I will do for you, he said. They replied to the king, As for the man who annihilated us and plotted to exterminate us so we would not exist within the whole territory of Israel, let seven of his male descendants be handed over to us, so we may hang them in the presence of the Lord at Gibeah of Saul, the Lord's chosen. The king answered, I will hand them over. David spared Mephibosheth, the son of Saul's son, Jonathan, because of the oath of the Lord that was between David and Jonathan, Saul's son. But the king took Armoni and Mephibosheth, who were the two sons from Rizpah, daughter of Aiah, had borne to Saul, and the five sons whom Merab, daughter of Saul, had borne to Adriel, son of Berzelia, the Methlite, and handed them over to the Gibeonites. They hanged them on the hill in the presence of the Lord. The seven of them died together. They were executed in the first days of the harvest at the beginning of the barley harvest. Rizpah, Aya's daughter, took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on the rock from the beginning of the harvest until the rain poured down from heaven on the bodies. She kept the birds of the sky from them by day and the wild animals by night. When it was reported to David what Saul concubine Rizpah, daughter of Ai, had done, he went and got the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from the leaders of Jabesh Gilead. They had stolen them from the public square of Beth Shan where the Philistines had hung them the day the Philistines killed Saul at Gilboa. David had the bones brought from there. They also gathered up the bones of Saul's family who had been hung. They also buried the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan at Zelah in the land of Benjamin, in the tomb of Saul's father Kish. They did everything the king commanded. After this, God answered prayer for the land. And then we finish today by two psalms, the first being Psalm 29, verse 1 to 11. Give the Lord, you heavenly beings, give the Lord glory and strength. Give the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is above the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord above vast waters. The voice of the Lord in power. The voice of the Lord in splendor. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes a deer give birth and strip the woodlands bare. In his temple all cry glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. The Lord sits enthroned, king forever. 
The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And then we finish with Psalm 65, verse 1 to 13. Praise is rightfully yours, God in Zion. Vows to you will be fulfilled. All humanity will come to you, the one who hears prayer. Iniquities overwhelm me, only you can atone for our rebellions. How happy is the one you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We will be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. You answer us in righteousness with awe-inspiring works. God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the distant seas. You establish the mountains by your power robed with strength. You silence the roar of the seas, the roar of their waves and the tumult of the nations. Those who live far away are awed by your signs. You make east and west shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it abundantly, enriching it greatly. God's stream is filled with water, for you prepare the earth in this way, providing people with grain. You soften it with showers and bless its growth, soaking its furrows and levelling its ridges. You crown the year with your goodness, your ways overflow with plenty. The wilderness pastures overflow and the hills are robed with joy. The pastures are clothed with flocks and the valleys covered with grain. They shout in triumph, indeed they sing. And there we end day 126 and week 18.